Welcome beautiful mama and blossoming baby bump. This is your host Christy Long from Blissful Birthing, helping to transform the world one blissful birth at a time. And today's guest is Ron Slavic. Ron is in Portland, America at the moment, but originally he's from Idaho. He's been married for 12 blissful years with his lovely wife, but they were sweethearts eight years before that. They have three gorgeous children, 10, eight, and six, all unplanned pregnancies, but joyful nonetheless. And um, Ron is a keen hand glider and mountain biker and actually told me that um, only a few weeks ago, he completely bent one of his fingers backwards and it sounds quite horrible, but I think he's going to survive the day. <laughs> um, and yeah, Ron is here today to not talk about um, birthing or pregnancy or anything like that, but actually to enlighten us on vasectomies. The reason I feel that Blissful Birthing needs to be talking about this is because once we've decided as couples that we've had enough children and that the circle is complete, more often than not, the wife um, thinks, you know what, mate, it's time that you dealt with the family planning side of things and the family now because you know I've been the one birthing the babies I've been the one enduring the pregnancies I was probably on the pill before that and normally the woman doesn't want to keep filling herself up with all those hormones anymore right am I right ladies that's most often the case and I myself even though I would continue to have babies forever my husband has said number five is the end of the road for him and I said well how are you going to guarantee that because I'm not going to go on anything. So I think you need to go and have the chop de la chop, my friend. He was not keen. Actually, it took us nearly two years just to agree on that for one of our dogs because he was protecting his masculinity. So I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then one day he came back delighted that he had met the man today on the show, Ron, because he said, see, I told you it wasn't right. I told you it wasn't natural. There's never in a million years am I going to do it. You'll never guess what I just heard. So ladies, this is for you and for your husbands to spare them um, going under the knife, as it were. Ron, I'm going to hand it over to you. If you want to start from where it all began, really, I'm, I'm assuming your story is what I just described, right? That your wife said it's your turn. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So no, thanks for the intro. So uh, as you said, you know, my wife and I, we have three unplanned pregnancies and uh, all 20 months apart. Uh, the first one was quite a surprise because we, we sold all of our worldly possessions and, and we went on this grand tour of uh, our plan was to travel around, uh, around the globe for two, two and a half years. We had everything planned out by seasons. We're going to be in Japan for the cherry blossom festivals and, and what have you. I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to work online and, and have, have that sort of freedom. And so um, anyways, we're six months into our adventure and also my wife's sick. She has a... Uh, and so she goes to the doctor and they're like, oh, do you, you think we should do a, um, a pregnancy test? And she's, she's in full denial. Like, no, 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 there's no way I can be pregnant. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, she was one of those girls that she always kind of gave a hard time about. Uh, she missed her first trimester. She was three months <laughs> pregnant at the time. And, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was quite the uh, surprise. So um, we quickly settled down and had our first child, Aiden. And, uh, and, and then we never wanted him to think that he held us back. So actually when he was five months old, we uh, took off and we did the second leg of our adventure through South America with a five month old. Wow. And, um, and that, you know, so, so yeah, we try to throw that out there just to encourage people. Um, someone while I was in this panic of all of a sudden being in my early thirties and, and, and now being responsible for another human's life, 
they, they gave me the, the, the advice they gave me was uh, remember the baby is joining your life, not the other way around. Keep doing whatever it is that you've been doing and, uh, and everything will be fine. So that's, that's what we did. And then, um, and then fast forward 20 months after that, we're, we have another surprise pregnancy. Uh, and, and then it happened a third time. So after three unplanned pregnancies, uh, we realized that we couldn't upgrade the cable package any further. And so uh, <laughs> we needed to find another, another solution, right? And, um, and so, so uh, we did like what most men do. We just went, I, I went and got a vasectomy. Didn't think anything of it. I never even Googled vasectomy. I, I emailed a bunch of friends uh, in, in my local town. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm looking for, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I want to get a vasectomy. Who would you recommend? You know, two of my three friends recommended the same doctor. And like I said, I didn't Google it or anything. I went, got it done. And it was, it was actually kind of funny. At the time I was, um, you know, winning at life is how I said it. You know, I had a, I had a business that was going really successfully. And, you know, as, as a super fit uh, CrossFit athlete at the time on a regional scale, I was, you know, uh, in, insanely fit. And I was just going 110 miles an hour, living my best life. And, um, and I go in to get my vasectomy and they, they're like, oh, did you take the Valium? You know, because they prescribe you, I, I believe, a Valium, like a couple pills, like ease the anxiety or whatever. And I'm like, no, man, I got meetings scheduled today. Like, just cut this thing. Let's go, let's get out of here. I got things to do. And so, so they, they were mind blown. They're like, oh my gosh, you're like the first guy like coming here, not even taking the drugs. And, I, and I'm very holistic in that, that approach where I don't like drugs. Like I, I have very low tolerance to even things like Advil. Like I, I, I I don't take them, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, anyways, you know, they, they, they do the thing, they, they do the, and it, it, the vasectomy is a very simple procedure. It's a local anesthesia or local anesthetic, what is it, anesthetic? They, they numb the local surrounding area. Um, and then they make a tiny cut. They, they pull the stuff out. They do, you know, they cut that, they carterize it on both ends and then they tuck it back inside your body and sew you up like with one or two stitches. Uh, very minor thing. Um, the swelling was uh, quite more than what I, what I, uh, uh, was guessing. I did cancel the meetings I had and all my my conference calls for the remainder of the day. But, uh, um, you know, and so, so that was the procedure and didn't think anything else of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, and now if, you know, a couple days goes by, I'm back, I'm back on, you know, the horse, I'm going 110 miles an hour and, you know, slowly I just start falling apart. And, and I you know, didn't think anything of it. I had enough adrenaline and, and you know, momentum going in me that it didn't delay my, you know, didn't affect me. And then um, all of a sudden you fast forward like a year, I'm a mess, I'm not sleeping. And I'm just, my health is falling apart. And uh, the biggest symptom is, is insomnia where I go to sleep at 1030 at night. And I've been an athlete for, at this time, I got my vasectomy when I was what, 35 years old. And I've been an athlete since I was 15, you know, so I've been, I mean, I have my nutrition dialed and I got, I got healthy sleep habits and, and all this sort of stuff. But, but so I, you know, all of a sudden I'm having these issues where I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm awake for, um, for hours. Like I wake up at 1.30 in the morning and then I'll finally fall back asleep at like six in the morning. And, um, and, I, and I misspoke. I said it took a year to happen. I remember it actually took more like about 30 to 60 days for this to start happening. But even with, out the ability to sleep, I, my momentum was still carrying me through uh, the, the day. I had an office with a big team of people and all this sort of stuff, right? And, um, and so I started to choke up as I'm like remembering uh, these stories. I mean, this is, this is kind of a tough thing, right? 
Yeah. Wait, can and I just so, say that? Can you stay a little bit closer yeah. to the um, computer? Because your voice gets oh, a bit quieter yeah, yeah. when you go too far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or take it with Sorry you. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put the laptop in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can hear me more. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I gave the fair warning that I, I, I pace when I talk. <laughs> and yeah. so, 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 so anyways, like I say. And then you feel okay-ish. But after a year, you're thinking, I feel really crap. I've got insomnia. That's it? That's the main symptom? Or? Yeah, that, that was the main symptom. So what was happening is I'd wake up at, I'd go to sleep at 1030 at night and, or 10, 1030 at night. And, um, and then I'd wake up at, at 1, 1 and I would be wired. I'd get hit with like this adrenaline rush and wow. I'd wake up, my heart's going hundred miles an hour and, and I'm like shocked. And then I'm like, what, what is going on? And, um, and so, so it was just a weird, it was a really weird thing. And we had, and, and, and then, and that just continued on for like an indefinite period of time. I mm -hmm. thought it was a hidden food allergy. I thought it was, you know, uh, some, something related to like not enough iodine. You can have some different issues with it. Uh, we, we went down a whole gauntlet. I, I went Western medicine. I got all my blood work done. And this was, this was actually the last time I, I know almost the month was the, the, the last time I've ever been to a Western medicine doctor. Uh, I got my vasectomy, uh, I believe it was June when I was 35. My, my daughter was born in 14. So it was, it was June. She was born in April. And then I had my vasectomy in June, like after that three month appointment showing that everything's healthy. And, and probably September or October that year, I go to the doctor, I'm telling him all my symptoms, like, man, my mind's looping. I like, I can't control my mind, my thoughts. I'm waking up with this adrenaline surge in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm anxious, I'm not sleeping. It's so just, a, you know, like what's going on with my body? Like I need you to do all my blood work. I think it's a vitamin deficiency. I think I'm having a, a, an allergic response to, to food or something like this. And, you know, they, and I walked out of there with five prescriptions. He prescribed me Prozac. Uh, he's, oh, you're depressed, you know, so we'll give you Prozac. He's, are oh, you're stressed out. Here's um, another anxiety pill. I forgot what one it was, Zoloft or something like this for, or whatever it was for anxiety. Uh, here's Ambien for uh, sleeping. Oh, your cholesterol's a little bit high. Here's a cholesterol medicine. And then they just, ah. I forgot what the fifth one was. But no. I, you know, and yeah, and it was, so it was a mess. And so in the U.S., you know, like he wrote the prescriptions out by hand. And I walked out of that office with five prescriptions in my hand. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like the healthiest guy I know. I've been, you know, uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle forever. And I'm 35 years old. There's no reason for me to be feeling like an old man and be wow. having to take all these prescriptions. I threw them away. And I'm like, that's the last time I'm going to Western medicine. And I'm like, I'm going to figure out a natural solution, figure out what's happening, right? Oh, thank goodness. So let me just yeah. get this right. You were waking up at 1.30 with the adrenaline surge and you didn't go back to sleep again or you did eventually? I would not go back to sleep. I'd go, I'd fall back asleep typically around like six, seven, eight in the morning. Oh. Um, and then I'd sleep until like nine or 10 and then I'd wake up and I'd, I'd be just a mess as a zombie. Yeah. Um, at the, at the time I'm a pilot, like I live in the mountains at the time I lived in the mountains in Idaho. And so I'd, I'd fly airplanes into the mountains and, you know, through canyons and all this. And, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good times. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't feel safe flying anymore. So I stopped flying. And then it got to a point like this, this one of my hardest memories. So my kids schedule, their school was Monday through Thursday, and then they had Fridays off of school. And so we had them in uh, snow skiing, like ski lessons on Fridays. And, um, and, you know, one, I was on this binger, I haven't slept for weeks, you know, at the time. And, um, and, and I go to try and I typically take them up skiing. And while they're in lessons, I go snowboarding. And um, I, I go and I'm like, I'm not safe to drive. I'm like, I, I knew I couldn't drive a curvy road up a mountain. So my wife drove and I went, I brought all my snowboarding stuff mm -hmm. and we get up there 
And I realized, I'm like, I'm not safe to snowboard. I'm going to catch an edge and I'm going to kill myself today. I'm like, I do not have the mental and I don't have any coordination in my body because I'm like, I'm, I'm a mess. And I remember it was one of the saddest moments of, you know, my life thus far. I'm like, here I am. I'm 36, I'm probably 37, 38, something like that at this time. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the ski lodge with all my ski stuff on a Friday. It's a beautiful powder day. There's two feet of snow out there. And I don't feel safe to strap on a snowboard and go out there. And my kids are in lessons and I'm watching from the inside, like, like an, like an elderly person, you know, just watching the world go by. And I'm thinking never, I, I always assumed I'm like, I got 70, 75 years in me before I fall apart. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so that was, it was a weird, it's a weird experience, you know, thinking yeah. that, you know, someone else is going to be raising my kids because I'm going to health wise, I'm obviously falling apart here. And, yeah. um, heartbreaking and for your wife, that must've been really concerning for your wife as well. No, it, it was, it was tough, you know, and, and it's surprising you say that we, we talked about it probably like not long ago, probably like three months ago. Mm. And, uh, and she started crying again. I mean, cause there was, we had no answers. And so our solution was I could pass any blood work. I could pass any physical exam from the outside. I looked fine. And, and I knew I was falling apart. So I, I got life insurance and I just figured, I'm like, you know, Hey, let's load up. And, uh, you know, I'm, and, and, you know, just in case the worst case scenario happens. So, oh, so now that, that was the pain and what was going on. And now I'll t- like, I'd like to kind of switch gears and tell you a little bit about how did we get to this point where we're having this conversation, right? Yeah. How did you um, figure this out? So, yeah, I mean, and like I said, I mean, we, and I went through the list. I mean, my memory doesn't even, I can't, I can't think of all the different things that, that, that this was, you know, that, that was possibly causing this uh, insomnia and just general feeling of old sick weakness. Oh, <laughs> before I move on, I remember I had a, flashback of like workouts, you know, I went from being, you know, like I said, high level athlete to my workout regimen consisted of going for a walk, like an old person. I remember, I remember going for a walk along the river in Boise, Idaho. we got this beautiful river that goes through town. We have what's called the green belt that goes along it. And you know, normally I'm out there running sprints and what have you. And here I am, I'm going for a slow shuffle walk because Aww. that's all that my body could do. And so, um, you know, and, and, and so, now, fast forward, you know, we've, we've gone through the whole gauntlet, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and so we're like, well, hey, let's, let we go on vacation to, to Maui, Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. And in anticipation for the vacation, you know, we're busy. We have three kids. There's nothing going on in our sex life for like four <laughs> or five days. Uh, uh, you know, my wife, all, we always thought this was a form of stress because I, I ran really hard. And so we thought we burnt out my body. And so my wife and I, we have a pretty active, you know, sex life, you know, <laughs> more so than any of my friends that we've talked to, you know, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll leave that there. And, and uh, <laughs> so anyways, we have, we have a few days, you know, that, that we're not having sex. Then we get to Hawaii and we're staying in just a regular, you know, hotel, you know, two, two queen beds. We've got three kids crammed in there. And yeah. so there's no sex for like the first, you know, uh, whatever it is, five days of the trip. Right. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden day four, you know, I'm like halfway, you know, we're, we're getting into the trip and all of a sudden I start sleeping again. And I'm like, oh my God, it was stress. I just needed a vacation. Oh my God. I had like two, two consecutive nights of the best night's sleep I've ever had. Like I went wow. to bed at 10 o'clock and I slept in. It was like seven or eight in the morning. I wake up and I feel like my old self. And I'm like high-fiving the kids and the wife and we're celebrating. I'm like, I'm sleeping. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and so, so, so that night we celebrate and uh, the kids fall asleep a little bit early. And my wife and I, you know, I, I got lucky. And, um, and then I, I, you know, I slept that night, you know, not great, but I slept that night. And then the next night I'm, I'm 
you know, go to bed, typical time, you have kids, you know, we're, we all, we're all in the same hotel room, so we're all going yeah. to bed early. I, I go to bed, and then all of a sudden, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, something like that rolls around, and boom, I wake up with uh-huh. a signal in search. And I'm like, I remember just being in bed, like, like I just wanted to throw up. I felt, I was so crying. mad. Yeah. Yes, just anger. I'm like, just, just pure anger. And so I'm like, and like I said, I mean, it's pure adrenaline surge. I have so much energy. I'm like bouncing, you know, I'm like, I can't stay in the room. I'm going to wake everybody up. And wow. so I, I go out of the hotel and I'm walking around. We're at the Hyatt in Maui, which, which I highly recommend if you're looking for a vacation uh-huh. and, and Catapoli Beach. And, um, <laughs> And so, so I'm walking around the property in the middle of the night. There's obviously not, it's probably two thirty-three in the morning. Not many I people to stay in bed. Yeah. Not a person, not even a security guard. Right. And so, and, the, but they have some hammocks out there on the beach. And so I, I go and I crawl in one of the hammocks and I'm laying there just looking at the stars and just, you know, uh, emotionally, you know, uh, uh pissed off is, is the only way to describe the emotion. I'm yeah. just so angry. Right. And I'm laying there thinking, I'm like, okay, I have zero stress. I'm sitting here on a beach in Hawaii, zero stress. So we eliminated that factor. Um, I haven't checked my email the whole time. I don't check my phone or anything like this. I'm like, I don't, you know, there's nothing going on behind the scenes for work or anything. I'm like, I'm eating at the hotel three times a day. I'm eating the exact same thing, you know, um, uh, like the same breakfast, the same lunch, the same dinner. So that eliminated all the food allergy things. I'm like, okay, so it's not a hidden food allergy. I'm like, what changed? I'm like, the only thing that happened is I had sex and, um, I'm like, this is weird. So that's where I, I came up with this hypothesis. I tell my wife about it. And I know throughout this, uh, this process, I found that if you have a hidden food allergy or food sensitivity, I should say, you can eliminate that food from your diet for six weeks and your immune system kind of reset and recalibrate. And then you can reintroduce it and see how you feel. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, let's not have sex for six weeks. You know, I mean, the last time I didn't have sex for six weeks was before I ever met my, my girlfriend, which is now my wife, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so, so uh, um, you know, we, so we take a six week break. And after about, I think about a week, all of a sudden I started sleeping again. And then I slept every single night for like the entire time. And I linked, I'm like, holy shit. It's sex related. And so I slept all of a sudden six weeks come across, you know, now it's the six week part and, uh, and, and, and we have sex and, and, you know, and I, I go to bed, I slept that night. I'm like, Oh, it's fixed. And then the next night, boom, adrenaline rush, I'm up. And I didn't sleep for the next four nights. And that's when I finally put it all together. I'm like, okay, it's, it's an allergy related. Something is happening post after I have intercourse uh, or any or any orgasm whatsoever, um, and and but the thing is, it's delayed. It doesn't happen the night. It ha- it's a, like it's a, more like a thirty six to forty eight hour delay, and wow. that's when the symptoms occur. And that's why I was never able to link it to this before. Uh-huh. And and then and then the symptoms would last for about four or five days. And so um, that's punishing, isn't it? Just for know, an orgasm, jeez. It's not. Yeah, yeah, and and I know it's like wow, that's a horrible superpower to have. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, let me just get and, this straight. The whole time, like for years, when you were feeling like death, you still managed to have sex. Oh, that's kind of my wife's and I's hobby. Amazing. <laughs> out of, I love of, it. You know, it just, it just, it just, that's just what I do. You, you, found, know? I you mean, must of, get the energy to still do that, even though you couldn't really do anything yeah, else. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. You can't even walk <laughs> properly. You're hobbling and shuffling around, but you managed to have sex. I love it. It's hilarious. You yeah, have it, a lot it, in common with my husband. He could be on death's court. <laughs> but still find the energy for that. And he blames me. He's yeah. like, oh, it's you. You're so beautiful. I'm like, oh, please, it is not me. It, no, the, it is it's you. true, man. I, 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 it's, it's my wife, man. I married way out of my league. I chased her for, you know, <laughs> 10 years through high school. 
school and college and she never even gave me any attention and caught go. her in a moment of weakness. And then I trapped her with three kids. So now she's stuck with me for at least another 10 years. And, and uh, yeah, you got to make it count. You still can't so. believe how lucky you got. So uh, that's hilarious <laughs> that you still had the energy to do that. All right. So anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah, going yeah. back. So, so, so yeah, high five guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, we figured that out that there's, <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, we figured out there's that delay. And so, and so then we tested again, you know, we take another, you know, multi-week break and sure enough, after about, uh, you know, X number of days, um, I start sleeping again, you know, after about seven days, I start sleeping again. And then once we have sex again, boom, it happens. And so now we finally had this thing linked to, I'm like, okay, it's definitely linked to sex. Now what changed? Because mind you, this is five years post vasectomy, you oh. know, I mean, at this time, this is five years. I've went through hell for five years to get to yeah. this point. And, and, uh, but it must have been so satisfying kind of finally getting some puzzle pieces, wasn't it? Did you find it was like, okay, I'm nearly there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it really was because it, and, 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 um, it, it, actually I can't say it's satisfying. It it was so emotionally taxing. It's like, you know, what's satisfying is having this conversation here. I am, I think back, <laughs> you know, about where I was, I start choking up, you know, like I, I, I'm trying like not to cry because it was sad, you know, like, cause any picture I see that has my daughter in it, I know I was, I'm, I'm from the outside. I'm putting on a smile. I'm looking good, you know, and, and i still look relatively healthy, but I know inside I'm an absolute mental mess and I'm super mm. depressed and I'm, I'm, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not functioning at, at my highest level. I'm functioning at 30, 40% of who I, who I used to be. And I, and so I look at any, any photos, you know, of, of my daughter and if she's in it, I'm like, oh God, I know that was a rough time, you know? And, and so, so it's the, the, the pain the struggle was real, you know? And, but, um, and it's so a long got, time. It's such a long time. Like um, I had pregnancy insomnia the last time and it was only for four months. You know, it was the last four months mm-hmm. and I was up every 45 minutes not with an adrenaline rush, but restless body. You know how you can get restless yeah, legs? Yeah, but my yeah, whole yeah. body was just like, Whoa. so I was so exhausted, but I'd wake up in the corner of a room going, what am I doing? I was walking yeah. around, I was doing stuff going, Jesus, go back to sleep, you're exhausted. And I couldn't. And it affected yeah. my mood. Oh yeah, like so badly. And so I can't imagine what five years was like, you poor thing. So anyway. Yeah, five, five sorry, years I don't, on this, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's hero. And, 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 feel, and for sure, if I'm missing something or you think I'm leaving something out, I mean, just interrupt me because I kind of get on my, on my rant and, and I'm not used to being on a soapbox. I'm going to take, take advantage of this. And, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but uh, you know, the one thing I ask as a favor is if anyone hears this, you know, or if they, uh, you know, share this. I mean, I would really like to get this message out. I don't have a platform. I think it was a serendipitous, you know, uh, spiritual coincidence luck that I met that I met your husband and mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and, and anyone that is roughly my age that I think is about to have a vasectomy, I just have this conversation. It's, it's funny. Like, you know, we're, we'll be out at a restaurant and be like, Oh, dad's talking about his penis again, mom. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, it's like, I'll tell everybody. And so it's, it's so great that, that you have this platform and, and I really just want this message to get shared, you know, and, oh. and not, you know, and, and, and I, and I'm totally cognitive of the, of the fact that, that uh, this, this is, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that have vasectomies that don't have symptoms, which I'll touch on with the research and the knowledge that I have now. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's like, I went in and I thought it was like getting your ears pierced. Like I said, I didn't know it was the risk at all. I didn't know how it affected the organ. I, I what just, I? In my, yeah. right. Everyone, especially in America, like everyone has one. Yeah, and, um, case, really easy. 
can be done on a local yeah. anesthetic. You're back to business. Exactly. Everyone's like, hey, it's basketball season. The playoffs are here. Everyone go get cut, you know, and then they all lay on the couch and watch basketball for a week and you go back to your normal life. And um, so, so you know, try to back up and figure out where I was. So mm. here, here, you know, we finally linked it to sex. And then we're like, okay, well, it's sex related. We don't have sex. I'm, I'm fine. I can sleep, which now this was a very frustrating experience. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I, it's like my 40th birthday, you know, I didn't get any action. I'm like, ah, oh, this is horrible. What do you love more, <laughs> sex or sleep? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Oh man, I know, I know. That, that, the, yeah, I think that's, that's a tough one, right? Yeah. But um, so what I did is I actually got on and I got on Facebook and I did a search. You can actually search all your past posts for keywords. So I started searching my feed, all my past Facebook posts for like terms like sleep, insomnia, stuff like this. And I started seeing, I, I mentioned something in August of 2014 about not sleeping and how I'm on this bender of insomnia and it's driving me absolutely mad. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I get in a Gmail. I've used the same Gmail account for all my businesses. It all goes in the same email. So I have you know, 20 years of email data, I start searching the same keywords, insomnia, sleep, what have you. And I see an email I have with a buddy and a colleague, he's wanting to have coffee with me in the morning. And I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, I'm on this weird sleep bender. I'm not sleeping. Um, if I sleep, we'll go have coffee, but text me in the morning. If you don't hear back, that means I can't meet you. Because I, like I said, I fall back asleep at seven. I'd sleep until, yeah. you know, 10 or whatever. And he wanted to do coffee at eight in the morning. And so, so I had timelines and that, that was, I think, uh, uh, was I, that was either July and August or August and September. So it's it right around there, like two months after. And mind you, oh, and then and then when it all kind of came together all at the same time. I called up, I called up the the office where I had the vasectomy, and I'm um, like, yeah, I was a patient a long time ago. I'm trying to see when I had my vasectomy, you know, like uh, just for yeah, for some records or whatever. Like, oh, let's pull up your account, and it was June of 2014. So now I got this timeline all of a sudden, and I'm like, okay, so June, and then also two months later, I'm like, okay after vasectomy, you, you, you're, you're pretty swollen and everything's jacked up for a while. So I'm like, okay, I probably didn't have sex for a month. And then another month went on until I actually, it, it was bad enough for me to complain about it on social media or talk to it via email to a friend. Right. And so, so now I, and, and, and there was no mentions of any sleep stuff prior to that in any of my, you know, yeah. mind you, you know, however old, whatever. So, so now I have it linked to vasectomies. Right. And so now then I did, I just did a deep dive and, you know, and obviously in this, uh, disinformation age is what I call it with so much, you know, mm. weird stuff out there. Um, you know, I, I got on PubMed and I just, I just did a deep dive on vasectomies and how it affects the organ system and what have you. And going through this process, I, I quickly try to find the name of the guy. I'll see if I can find it and you can reference it in your podcast notes. But there's a doctor in the 70s when this procedure started becoming popular uh, for birth control. He, um, he, he raised the flag and he said, hey, we don't understand how vasectomies affect the other organ systems and we need to we we should not be pursuing this procedure until we have a better understanding on how it works with the body yeah. and and i thought that was interesting yeah. and then i learned about the the um what is it what's it called the pituitary thyroid uh testy access uh, so I've totally butchered that word. <laughs> Forgive me, medical profession, <laughs> professionals. If you can find the name of that word, please email it. But there, there's an access, basically, hypopituitary thyroid access, testy access, something like this. And what, what I found is there's a vein that goes from the pituitary gland, which is located in the middle of your brain. It goes the entire length of your body and connects the testicles. The testicles then 
communicate with the prostate using the vas deferens, and that's what they cut during during a, a vasectomy. They cut it, and and um, and and then from the prostate, uh, it goes back to the thyroid and back to the pituitary gland. So it call, it's called you know it creates the the access yeah. right uh, the 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 loop. And so when they sever the vas. The vas, uh, the vas, the the semen, instead of going on the prostate and then you know triggering and then exiting your body uh, mm. during an orgasm, it just it gets reabsorbed into your system and you know you basically shoot blanks and 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 what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so I, I learned that, and then I, I discovered that that people with vasectomies they they have an autoimmune condition that for all of them it basically causes an autoimmune they have an autoimmune response is what I should say. They has an autoimmune response uh, after they have a vasectomy. So they've done these studies and it shows that yeah, they have high levels and then, they, and then they, you know, do the other study that says it doesn't affect anything. Their testosterone levels are still within normal, which I had mine checked and mine were, mine were in the normal range. And don't quote me on these numbers, but I want to say the normal range was something like 600 to 1500. And I think I was like 800. So I did when during the natural path, phase of this journey that didn't raise any alarms. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what? I've had sex almost daily for 20 years and, and my testosterone levels are probably normal for me is probably more like 1500, you know, <laughs> and, and not 800. So maybe I was half of, you know, on their stats, it's fine in the same range, but for my body, I, I should be much higher than that. So, yeah. so, um, you know, I'll, I'll back up for a minute too. When I was a kid, I had chronic ear infections. And so I was on antibiotics for, like the first 12 to 15 years of my life, like every, wow. every few months antibiotics, I have a heart murmur as well. And so whenever I go to a dentist, which is twice a year, you know, I'd have to get on antibiotics through the eighties that have you on antibiotics, you know, prior to your dental appointment as well. Right. And so because of this, I have a number of food sensitivities and I think I'm at a, I'm at a high risk for, you know, an autoimmune response, you know, issue because there's, you can do a deep dive. If you're on a lot of antibiotics, you, you have your immune system gets jacked up. And so, you know, some people say, oh, that's unfortunate that you have that. And that's because you had this vasectomy thing. I'm thinking it was kind of the silver lining actually, because if I did not have that sensitivity and predisposed to having an autoimmune condition, I would have probably gone on my entire life and never had this issue with, with the vasectomy, but uh, which would have, which would have, you know, made it so I never got a reversal because as, as doing this dive as well, um, people that get vasectomies are incredibly higher rate of prostate cancer. And what's frustrating is they bury these studies. I mean, this is all on PubMed. I did deep dives on this, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if you remember back to college, you know, and, and stats 101, you can quickly, you know, realize how you can manipulate data to, to show whatever you want to say, right? And so they did, in the United States, they did a really large study about uh, prostate cancer and people that have, uh, you know, if they have had uh, a, a vasectomy and their rates of, you know, prostate cancer compared to the average population or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And through the whole study of using, you know, millions of people in the study or whatever, you know, mass data type stuff, they show that it's like a very, very, very slight increased risk of people that have a vasectomy have prostate cancer, right? But they leave out a very major variable. People that have vasectomies live a very different lifestyle than those that are, you know, uh, you know, in, in low income neighborhoods living on fast food, right? right? Like, I mean, for me, for instance, I'm like, I've, you know, I can't remember the last time I've drank a soda. I mean, the last time I drank a soda, literally I was probably 14, 15 years old, and, you know, versus, and so if you're comparing me 
to the guy that's eating, you know, McDonald's 14 times a day. Um, and he's, he's overweight and he's smoking and he, uh, drinking alcohol, and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, if you compare the two of us, and I still have a slight higher risk of prostate cancer post vasectomy, it's like your numbers are totally off. I mean, you know, there's a lot of lifestyle things that, that can, you know, lifestyle can fix a lot of things. And so, so that was a frustrating thing when I saw this as well. So, so uh, anyways, I did this deep dive. I, I talked with uh, you know, a number of my friends about, I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about getting a reversal. And, and in America, reversal is not covered uh, by any insurance. You know, out of pocket, I believe I paid like 12,000 bucks plus maybe some more money for the uh, anesthesia on top of it. And it, so I'm looking at like this $15,000 gamble basically. And, and mind you, it's six hours under anesthesia. It's, a, it's really? six hours. Yes. Yes. So, so you think, you know, going in to get a vasectomy is maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. This is six hours under anesthesia. So it's a microscopic surgery. So what they do is they take the vas and, and they cut off the seridin. So now you got two flesh, fresh pieces of flesh and they, they make 20 stitches on the inside. So you can keep the hole open. They pull that together and then they do 20 stitches on the outside of the vas. So a total of 40 stitches per vas. And each stitch is the 10th of the width of a human hair. Think about that, oh. guys. Yeah. Wow, they must that, have that, had stable hands, those surgeons. Stable Jeez. hands, man. He's under a, mi a, a microscope the entire time. And wow. so, so I'm, I'm looking at this risk and I don't like being cut open. I had a shoulder surgery years ago. And, and besides that, and, and a vasectomy is the only two times I've been cut open and the risk of anesthesia and, and, and mm. plus my health is, is poor. And, and, and I'm talking to a, a number of my friends and they all think I'm crazy. They're like, dude, you're like, it's not caused by the vasectomy. I'm like, I've split tested it, man. I've split tested it, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, I'm like, I, and so it was, it was to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put 15 grand on the line. I'm going to go do the surgery. And if it doesn't solve it, at least it will reduce my risk in the future of prostate cancer. And that was, that was, I'm like, worst case scenario, I have a lower risk of prostate cancer and best case scenario it solves this problem. Right. Totally. You've got so, to try. Uh, Otherwise you'd always be wondering what if, what if it's that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we, we go and we, we, it took about six months or so to get on the schedule with the doctor to, uh, um, you know, get, if you have a vasectomy or know someone that does you want a reversal, it's very important that you find the right doctor because they need to, they need to get the thing open, <laughs> you know, keep the, keep the, keep the vas open when they do it. So anyways, it took us about six months to get on the, uh, uh, you know, on the, on the calendar with the doctor. Even and, when you, you were know, paying I privately? Jeez. Even, even paying privately. Yeah. He, um, really? uh, he, uh, he, he only does one a week. He does one vasectomy oh. reversal every Thursday morning, first surgery in the morning, every Thursday, uh, because it's so mentally taxing. Uh -huh. He only does one a week. And, um, and I mean, I could have found probably a different doctor to get in. This guy was the best in the Northwest. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Dr. John Greer in Boise, Meridian, Idaho. Uh, G-R-E-E-R, -E -E I believe is how you spell his last name. Mm -hmm. And um, fantastic guy. You know, he did a great job, I believe. And, uh, and so anyways, you know, we go to the hospital that morning. And, uh, and, and I was so mentally, spiritually, emotionally ready for a change. It was, it was funny, like the... Uh, the nurse took my, my blood pressure, you know, going in and, and he's like, I, wow, I don't know what kind of Zen place you went to, but he's like, I've never seen blood pressure like that in a, in an operating room before a procedure. You know, I go in, you know, they wheel me in, they put the mask on my face. And, and next thing you know, I wake up, um, anesthesia was horrible. And sure enough, it was like five and a half hour surgery. And, um, 
you know, and, and, and the reversal was done. So, so now, now it was healing time. And that was, it was obviously more because they, they open your entire body up. So they actually cut you from where your penis attaches to your body and they cut it, the ball sack all the way to the very tip and they pull everything out. They pull all your testicle and all the junk and the veins and all the gooey things in there. They pull it all out. And then oh. they, I don't know how they, and then they, they do the surgery and then they stitch you all up and then they do the other side. And so um, the first time I, I saw myself post-surgery, I never thought I'd, it would look the same again. It was, <laughs> it looked like Frankenstein had a really bad plastic surgeon, man. And, uh, uh, you know, in fact, long story short, you know. They it, warned it, you, it right? They, they told you that they, was they, 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 said, they said it was going to be ugly, uh, you know, that, and then and he said the scar, it would go down. But, uh, I mean, the, the scar, like, they, you know, you're just so a round object is, I'm sure, complicated. Uh, but but now you would you'd never notice. It's a hairline scar on both sides, you know. But they're like, it's like a three-inch scar on both sides. And, um like every man's so, nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Right. Well, no, the worst, the worst is because you know, the gauze on it. So we had to take the gauze off. I was supposed to change it. And I wasn't aware of that. So I, I didn't want to look at it or touch it for like two or three days. I was trying like not even to drink water. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to eat. I, and so finally we go take the gauze off, but the blood soaked through the gauze and then created a scab on the outside. And so oh. the gauze was now a part of my body. No. So my poor wife's in there with like hot water, pouring hot water on it, trying to dissolve the, it was bad guys don't just don't get cut and, this, is, uh, this is love uh, though right this is like this you know you're meant to love <laughs> yes so so um so anyways you know we wait we wait like probably like six weeks and then um uh we're, we're not and i i think that was probably about the earliest we could have sex so we waited six weeks i started healing up and and we have sex for the first time right and mind you we've taken big breaks and you know eventually like i get so frustrated that we ended up having sex you know once a month or every other month and then I'd be a mess for a week and the wife would feel horrible and what have you. But we've taken breaks, you know, you feel guilty, you know, like I'm breaking you, I'm killing you or whatever. And, um, and so, but now here's, here's the awesomest story though. Right. So we have sex for the first time after six weeks and dude, it was like, I was 25 years old again. Uh, (laughs) you know, like, like I have not seen my man parts work that well, you know, for, for years. And especially during this, like I, yeah, I mean the, the orgasms, like when I was going through this were incredibly weak. I mean, it was like the thing was barely working. I just, I chopped it up to old age. You know, I'm like, it just, Hey, I'm 38 years old. The thing's not going to shoot across the room anymore. And, uh, and so, so, you know, um, now you're back but into now, like porn. you can get into the porn yeah, business. Like, yeah. Now it's like, come on guys, let's, let's, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it comes wrong. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but, but it was, it was, it was mind blowing. I realized like, dude, my body is working again. And, and then, um, and I, I felt the interest, this is what's interesting that I don't necessarily have an answer for because while I was still very swollen before any semen could naturally go down through the vas and connect to the prostate, which would create a chemical signal is what I'm assuming that goes back up while I was still really screwed up. I felt different mentally. I told my wife, and this is probably like a week post-op and I tell her, I'm like, my brain's coming back online. And, and, wow. and, I, and I, I felt this was going on. And, and going through this process, one of the things I failed to mention that I learned is that when your body, this for all men, like I said, everyone has an autoimmune response to the semen. Well, what happens, there's also a protein that resembles the semen protein in your brain. And so it causes early onset dementia. 
So, oh. so that was another one of the things. And so I, that kind of explained it. I mean, I was, I was a very, I, I, I was slow. And I, even today, here I am, my surgery, my reversal was August 1st. Uh, 2019 and today we're early September 2020 so I mean it's been 13 months since my reversal and um, I don't know if I'd say my brain's a hundred percent but like to what it was I think maybe just from a little atrophy but uh, uh, but I mean I'm 98 99 percent back mentally um, and and I felt a difference yeah you know and it's great but now and now um, you know I mean obviously our sex life is amazing uh, and, and it's back to like what it was like when we're in our early mid twenties, which is great, right. you know, and, 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 uh, you know, my health is back 110%. Like I'm training, like my, I'm back training CrossFit workouts again. And, uh, you know, I, I still have, I've, I've lost probably about 20 pounds this last year. And so that, wow. that feels, that feels good, you know, and, and my cardio is coming back and my strength is coming back now. And I have a six pack again and, you know, and, and like so Benjamin it's, Butland it, right. You had like a, yeah. a view of what it would be like to get old and now you're young again. It's like, yay. yeah, you know, I really, it really is. And now, and, and, you know, when you're faced with one of these situations, you know, uh, uh, I'm very thankful for it when it's all said and done. Now, I, I, I'm using this as a cautionary tale to help other men so they don't have to go through this. Yeah. But I, I look at it on a spiritual level. It, this was my story. This is a journey that I had to go on for whatever reason I had. And I'll be honest. I mean, I had, I had, a, I was winning at life in every category. You could, you know, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, you know, successful with, with business, you know, I'm super adventurous and, you know, jumping out of airplanes and flying airplanes through canyons and, you know, and stuff like this. I'm not afraid of anything. And I'm like, you know, I I had an ego and this, and this, you know, this derailed me. It humbled me. And, and now it's nice to come back, but now I'm a lot more empathetic towards other people. Like now, if I see someone that has a, you know, that might have a lifestyle disease of some sort, instead of judging them and and being like, Hey man, just stop eating McDonald's. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, you know, it's like, Hey, that guy, you know, he's, he's responding to this world exactly how he has experienced it. And maybe he's using food to crutch, you know, to cover up some other kind of pain. And, and, and I empathize with them and, and I send them as much love as I can, you know? And, and so, so really, you know, a lot of good has personally come out of this for me. And, um, you know, and save so, so many harmful horribleness. So out of interest, yeah. had this Dr. John Greer, um, heard of the theory that you'd come up with before, cause he's obviously doing one reverse vasectomy <laughs> every week. Why are other men so, demanding that reverse vasectomy? Like, did he know about uh, it? No. So most people, most people want it for, um, you know, obviously they want to have more kids. They had, they had a family. They might have gotten divorced, and they want to have another family or what have you, right? I, I don't think a lot of men have made the association that that I think because you think about it, you get a vasectomy in your mid thirties after you have kids and then kids are just a lot of work, right? I mean, they're waking you up just last night, you know, I, I woken up 13 times and my kids are, you know, six, eight and 10 now. And, and, um, and just a, maybe it's a full moon. I don't know, but, um, you know, and, and I, I, I don't think men make the association. I think what happens is they start getting these old man symptoms mm-hmm. and they chalk it up to being like, well, you know, I'm, I'm 38 now. I'm not 25. You know, and, and I'm looking at it like, I'm like, I see all these, you know, the guys, you know, uh, NFL coaches or, or some of these, like my father-in-law is just a, you know, badass dude. And he's 78 years old. I'm like, man, no, no, dude, like that guy is 78. He acts 50 years younger than I do, you know? And, and, right. uh, um, I, and so I don't think they make the association. Now about the story, this is another thing with, 
Western medicine, and I'm kind of going to go on, uh, you know, I don't want to make it necessarily political, but I think it's, I think this is an important thing to be aware of for our culture. So I, I go in there, you know, I met uh, the doctor, you know, and, and I, I want to, I have nothing, I want full disclosure, I have nothing but the most highest level of respect for the doctor. He is a magician, he, he, his job, he's an architect, his job is, is, or an engineer, his job is to put two pipes together and he can probably do it better than anyone else in, in the country. Um, I, I know people have flown from Europe and maybe, maybe it was the Middle East for him to come fix their vasectomy reversals or to come have a reversal from him. I mean, Dr. Wow. John Greer is, is the man. I wanna say that 110%. So I, I go in there and I, when I, with my initial consultation, I tell him my theory and I see him looking at me. I have a pretty good, you know, high social IQ. And I see him looking at me and he's like, this guy is a freaking nut. And I'm like, and so I, I downplay it. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, man, I, I, my wife and I are thinking we want a fourth kid, you know? And I, I, I start telling him and I realize, when I realize he's, I'm like, I'm like, cause I don't want him to go in there and be like, dude, crazy kid over here wants a reversal. And I know it's a complicated surgery. I did, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, he's whatever, you know? And, and, um, and so, so anyways, you know, I downplayed it. So I told him we wanted a fourth kid, right? right. So I go in there. I don't know. I think I saw him. I think it was maybe, it was quite a while post-op. I think it was maybe six months post-op. I went, you know, a couple different times, I think two times post-op and I saw his nurse and I did not see the doctor. And then there's one, you know, final high five goodbye. And I meet the actual surgeon again, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and I go in there and I'm jumping off the walls. I'm like, John, my health is back. I'm 110%. I'm like who I used to be. Oh my God, we got to share this to the world. You got to know this information. And now I have the confidence. I'm like, I know I'm not a crazy dude. I'm like, you're going to hear what I have to say. And I'm just going, 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 going hundred miles an hour. I'm so excited. And he, he looks at me, he puts his hand out and shakes my hand. He's like, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. And he's out. And I, it was at that point when I realized I'm like, he didn't give a shit. Like, I mean, I, 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 as a person, I'm sure he's very, very happy that I'm healthy again, but his job, he's, he's an engineer. He's, he's, a, yeah. he's, he's, you know, uh, his job is to put two pipes together. What's yeah. going through those pipes, the reason for those pipes being separated or put back together is none of his concern, you know? And, and, and then it made me realize like on a larger level, like why would this doctor in the seventies be silenced? And, and, you know, and you don't see anything about it. And it's very hard. You know, I mean, I did deep dives. I have probably 10,000 hours of researching PubMed. I mean, I, I, I mentally couldn't work and I just sat as horrible. I called it my depressed chair. I sat in this, you know, lazy boy. And I just sat there like an old man reading PubMed all day long. And, um, and I'm wondering, I'm like, why, why isn't there more information? When you Google vasectomy, why isn't this on WebMD? Because there's also, uh, going through this process, I found 10% of men after a vasectomy, they have, uh, post vasectomy uh, pain. So I forgot the exact name for it, but they, they basically have like pain. I mean, 10%, one out of 10 men have pain in their, in their groin area for all the rest what? of their life. Oh yeah. It never goes away. And it's something oh. to do with the nerves and, and they don't really know the cause of it, but they, they have pain. And I'm like, oh. man, if I knew there's a one in 10 chance that my, my, my dick was going to be hurt for the rest of my life. There's no way I would have gotten this surgery. No, but and, no one um, tells you, do they? No one. No one yeah, and I, I found that that's a, there's a there's a forum called Post Bisectomy Pain Forum. That's the oh. name of the forum, and um, and I kind of shared my story on their post op as well. But uh, just to give guys hope, because I you know I went through there and you know when I was really. But anyways, back to my my political kind of rant on this hmm. is like I'm I'm looking I'm like okay, you know you get a vasectomy. And now your body's not doing good. You go to the doctor and they prescribe you five different prescriptions, right? You know, I, I would have been on Prozac and a sleeping pill and an anti-anxiety pill and cholesterol, which that, you know, that's a whole nother 
and story. But you know, I don't believe in in that. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. what I forgot what percentage. You know, what the the United States is what uh, these numbers are off. But ten percent of the world's population, we consume ninety five percent of the world's pharmaceuticals. It's it's maddening. And yeah. and so so you go in, you're, you're consuming prescriptions for the next you know twenty years, and then everything I learned too about this process is like it's not a if you'll get prostate cancer post vasectomy, it's a when you'll get post, uh, prostate cancer. And, and, and that's, you will get prostate cancer afterwards. It takes 20 years, but you'll eventually get it. That's, that's how long it takes. And any man that you know that has prostate cancer, ask him, hey, do you have a vasectomy? How long ago was it? You know, they're all in their mid sixties and they all got the pros- their, their vasectomies in their mid thirties or forties. And so it's not an if, but when. So then, then you look at that, right? And it's like, okay, that's an expensive surgery. And now you're on expensive drugs and stuff post-cancer post as well. Yeah. And, and in America, like I, I feel like, or even in most Western cultures, like our priorities are separate, are, are not aligned with the holisticness of human nature. It's like it's this constant never-ending race to increase our, our, our GDP. And it's like if, if we pull someone out of, this, out of this medical system, now they don't get a vasectomy and they live their whole life cancer-free and not having to take prescriptions, we pulled, you know what, $100,000, $200,000 out of the economy yeah. for that one person. You know, so let's, let's jack up, let's, let's mess up the GDP, guys. Like share this video, share this, this podcast. And anyone that, that is thinking about getting this, you know, don't. And, and if you have one, go get a <laughs> rehearsal, don't. you know, and, and, yeah. and just don't, you know, and, and, and that's, and I'm afraid that's what, and, and I can have a, a story that parallels this with regards to the FDA and, and the food, you know, I mean, there's so many different food additives that are legal in America that are either illegal in Canada or, or Europe or, or just not used, you know, it's like, I mean, and so it's, it's, you know, we got to change, you know, it's, it's disgusting. And it's the same in the birth world, I might add, you know, like I've had, yeah all of our babies for free <laughs> because I was lucky with the yeah. first one. It was in England where it's free. And then the others were all at home. Um, but you know, in America, I found out it can cost $30,000 to have a natural birth and a hundred to have a C-section. So their, their interest is also to make it as in, you know, intervention rich and medical rich as possible. And they give a hoot about you or the baby. They care about how much yeah. money they're making from you. And it's a real common misconception for us to think they actually care. They don't really care about you as an individual and what happens to you after the procedure. They'll do the procedure. They're great at that. Like you said, they'll go in and do it, but they don't think about you afterwards and what your life turns into. And with women, you know, that's a big operation as well. A C-section, for example, all your organs can stick to each other with adhesions. You can be in loads of pain as well, like disgusting. So it's the same kind of thing. It's a parallel. And to be honest, ill, sick people make money. And if yeah. you have your own health and take responsibility for yourself, it doesn't make the money. So yeah, we've got to take responsibility for our own lives. So for God's sake, do not hand yourself over <laughs> to the medical man if you don't need to. So yeah. how do you take responsibility for um, preventing having more babies? Now and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so we gotta be very clear on this too, because we, if we mess up and we have a fourth baby, uh, now we can't rent a regular car when we travel, right? We gotta rent like the van or we gotta like, you know, there's, there's four kids in my family. So like, we, you know, we go on vacation and dad's driving one car and mom's driving another car and we're doing the caravan thing. So, so how, how we do it, my wife has an app on her phone and, and she, she plugs in whenever she, she starts her period. And then we, we use condoms for like the seven to 10 days after her period stops. And that's when she's most fertile. And so that's, that's how, that's how we're doing it now. Um, I, 
I don't know if we're qualified to be adults yet, <laughs> you know, in the bedroom. Do you feel so safe? It's, it's, Do you feel no, like? No, it's, it's, it's a matter of time, I think. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we've, uh, you know, and I mean, we're taking the precautions. And you know what? If, if a fourth one comes, it's it just meant to be, you know, yeah. but, but I, 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 we don't, I don't think we're going to have a fourth one. I mean, we are, we, 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 we take proper precautions, you know, and I, okay. I, and it's for that first week after, after she's done with her period. And, but, you know, and um, someone brought to my attention and said, like, Hey, you know, you guys are early forties. Her cycles are going to start changing. That's only going to work for so long, you know? And, and, uh, so, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, we, we do, we will do what we can not have a fourth one. And, and yeah. if it happens, it was, it was meant to be. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, you're basically the same age as us. I'm 42, he's 43. And he just yeah. uses the withdrawal method, which, and he thinks that yeah. by speaking to his sperm, they won't go. He's like, no, I've had a word with them. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, I don't know, oh, honey. Like, I'm still quite fertile. My eggs welcome your sperm every time. I'm not sure that's a fail So, um, and, and you, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one, man. I know. So, you know, I. I I don't know if this is true or not, but someone told me a long time ago, like if you sit in a hot tub, like the hot water will like kill or make the sperm more mobile. Right? So I take a super hot bath quite frequently in the evenings, you know, and I, like I said, that's, that might be all total garbage, but. Or just but, carry uh, your mobile you know. phone and your shorts. That will fry them. That will radiate them. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Self-harming maybe yourself. Love it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, that is just a mind blowing story. When my husband came back and told me your story, I didn't believe him at first. I was like, don't be crazy. This guy's nuts. Like as if that, would be, that makes any sense. And then when I sat with it yeah. a bit more, I was like, well, why not? Like we are all connected. You know, the, the body is yeah. like you said, the brain is connected yeah. right to the testes. Um, it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. So I'm really, really happy you've shared your story. And, and when people like follow you or contact yeah, you, yeah. they've got so, more information. So yeah, you know, a couple things on that. I guess I first want to touch, you know, like Western medicine is very different. Like they have everyone, they look that every organ system is separate and independent of everything else. Like your kidneys are for kidneys and your liver is a separate thing. Your heart is a separate thing. Mm. When the reality is it's it's more of a holistic, you know, uh, Eastern medicine sort of approach. Like, no, we're all connected. Like what, what happens to, you know, your kidneys will affect your heart and your liver and your prostate and everything. You know, it's, we're, yeah, we're we're not we're not a a car that you can just replace, you know, slick pieces when they go out. I mean, it mm -hmm. it you know, so it's just two different ways of thinking, you know, with regards to medicine. But um, you know, one thing that that you know that is interesting to me because I, I really want to get this word out. Like I said, you know, I don't have a platform that I could share, but I, I'm very interested in making a documentary uh, yeah. about this. So if anyone hears this and you want to make a documentary or, you know, help finance it over the video, video side of peace or, or whatever, or if you have someone that, that would be interested in talking that could, could add value to this conversation, I think, I think it would make a fantastic thing, you know, just to put on Netflix and just get in front of everybody's eyes, Absolutely. you know, just, and, and, and you know what, not, not because I want to people to change their behaviors or what they're going to do or think that they're doing something wrong, but just, I want guys to at least Google vasectomies prior to getting one, you know, like I said, know I what never, going into what the reasons at least are. have the, have yeah. the other side of things, you know, at least yeah. have a little bit of, of understanding that, Hey, you know, 10% chance you're going to have, you know, pain, you know, very high percent likelihood or not an if, but when you, you'll eventually get prostate cancer, you know, mm -hmm. your orgasms are going to go to, go to crap. You're, 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 
the, the way the thing functions, you know, isn't going to be like, like it was prior. And, you know, and, and there's obviously contrary stories to what I'm saying and, you know, and, but this, this is just my experience and what risk. I've learned. And, and yeah. yeah. Do you know so, how many people um, had the side effects you had? Like how many people have it so badly or? You know, I, I, like I said, I think, I think I was a unique situation. Like for, for instance, like I ate oatmeal every day for a year just because I like doing the same thing and it's the easiest thing. And I, now I'm allergic to oats. Like I can't eat oatmeal right. anymore, you know, and, 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 and I've done the six week thing. And, and if I eat oatmeal, it totally, you know, messes up my entire gut. And, or even an oat cookie or anything like this. So, so I think I'm, like I said, I'm, I think I was predisposed to an autoimmune condition in the first place. And that's why my symptoms were so dramatically strong. So I think because of it, my story is a little bit dramatic or, you know, a little bit more extreme than most, but you know what, like if you're having these autoimmune issues and you're not seeing the symptoms, you're not waking up with an adrenaline rush, it's still doing other things throughout your body. Oh, oh yeah. um, when I had all my blood work done, the only blood marker that was off um, and I, I, mind you, I started doing that, like, what was it? Two or three months after I had my surgery, the only blood marker that was off was my TSH levels with my thyroid. Okay. You know, I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's related, but that was the only thing that was, I can't recall if it was low or high, but I remember that was the only thing that was not in the ab, in the normal range. It was, and it was just, it was barely out of, out of what, you know, the medical community consider, considered normal, but, um, yeah. You know, so, so, I mean, that's, that's just kind of a weird thing. So I, and you know, and maybe I, like I said, I I feel like I was lucky to have these, these strong response so that I, I had to make the change, you know, to fix it, you know, but, but so that being said, if, if anyone wants to help with this documentary, or if you have questions, feel free, like I'm, I'm an open book. I'm more than happy to jump on a call with anyone. Um, you can email me at ron at ronslavic.com. That's uh, R-O-N-S-L-A-V-I-C-K. Or you can just find me on Instagram too. If you go to ronslavic.com, I actually think it goes to my Instagram page you know, send me a message. Um, I'm, I'm happy to help you guys out. Like, I feel that, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that kind of paved the path with information for me to get to the position where I'm at now, you know, over the hill, being able to see, you know, both sides <laughs> of, of, of this, of this coin. And, and a lot of people spent a lot of time in their careers, you know, with, with knowledge to get me here. And so, you know, I, I would love to be able to pay it for however possible. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's wonderful to have you as a resource. It really is. And I just like to touch on the prostate cancer thing. My dad always used to say he's passed away badly from smoking too much. But anyway, he always used to say that prostate cancer will kill all men eventually. But it was an old man's disease in the past, like really old, like, you know, 80s, 90s type age. It was not men in their 60s. So if you're saying, oh, well, we get prostate cancer anyway, not at that age, you wouldn't. Um, And yeah, I'd also like to touch on the whole holistic thing of the body, because I used to work in medical sales in my past life selling medical devices to consultants, predominantly in the colorectal field, but you're totally right. I used to look at these consultants and see them as mechanics. They were brilliant at their specialty. You know, they could go in and take away some cancerous bowel or diverticulitis or Crohn's or whatever the disease was, and then anastomose everything and put it back together. But they never, ever would then talk to the patients afterwards, because I often sat in the waiting rooms when they were talking to their family and asked questions like, well, what's the protocol moving forward? They would never talk about things like nutrition because they didn't even learn about that stuff. Um, Lifestyle or anything. So invariably they would, you know, actually quote me, but that person will probably be back in under five years with another type of cancer because it will just, you know, go somewhere else. And I was like, but why? Like, can't they change their lifestyle? And they said, oh, that has nothing to do with it. And that's when I decided 
to leave that field. It was really good money and all that kind of thing. But I wanted to pursue health. I wanted to make sure that I was not going to be in the situation of the patients that I saw. And I thankfully, for some reason, saw that, no, it's not that simple. We aren't cars. We are completely interlinked. And I studied naturopathy and nutrition and reflexology. So I completely agree with what you're saying. We're an entire organism. And even our brain and our body are so interlinked. I speak a lot in my course about the mind-body-baby connection. Because if our brain, for example, is feeling stressed when we're giving birth, then our body can't function. It doesn't open up. It, you know, your cervix will not dilate to birth your baby. And your baby is also swamped in those hormones of adrenaline and cortisol. So yeah. your baby's more prone to getting stuck and, and having anxiety itself and, and being fetal distress. So what you're saying is totally down my alley and I 100% agree. And I'm just so grateful that you have not gone through this, but that you've done all this research to help people because it's actually quite similar to my story where I was so, so, so scared of giving birth naturally that I did all the research there was, you know, to yeah. find out, well, how likely is this risk? How likely, you know, is this fear really valid in my situation? Yeah. Or is it just a nightmare story I've heard? Because I was going to airlift my babies out. I was going to have C-sections all the way. There was no way I was going to have a barbaric, torturous, natural birth experience. But when I learned more about what was involved with C-sections and actually that our bodies are very capable of birthing if we just let our minds go with us, like our best friend instead of our worst enemy, I was like, wow, the human body is amazing. Of course I can do this. Of course I'm not going to have any interventions. You know, like, no. But yeah. you have to do your research like you did to be that strong and confident because, unfortunately, the white coats, they only learn about disease and pathology and how to cure the problem but they don't know how to avoid having a problem in the first place right yeah and more often than not their interventions cause problems without them meaning to like you said i'm sure dr guru is a great man but he's never made this connection so well done for making that connection you have saved so yeah. many men and women because this can destroy marriages let's be honest you know oh, you know it, families it's absolutely a big. i yeah, I am so thankful that my wife and I are as close as we are because, I mean, like I said, I mean, I had this surgery, you know, 13 months ago. I've been, I've been awesome, you know, feeling great for, you know, what, 12 months, consecutive months. Oh, I guess, so, so as, soon as, as soon as I got healthy, by the way, too, um, uh, we, we sold our house, we sold all of our worldly possessions, and we're back living the dream life again. We're wow. now, you know, living right. in Central America and Costa Rica and Panama. And, and then we just came back, you know, the United States just temporarily, uh, just, you know, while this COVID thing plays out. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, so, and, you know, and then as soon as the borders open, we're planning on moving to Portugal. And, and um, we, we really, we're not, we're not waiting for uh, the perfect time to live life. You know, we're really, we're, we're really seizing the opportunity. And again, that's another, that's another pro that came out of this experience, yeah. you know, that, that it probably, we will always wanted to do that, but it's, you know, you have kids, you're in school, they got their friends, you're, you're going, you're never going to get around to it. Right. Like, safe, right? Like, hey, yeah. Yeah. It's like, now man, I got, I came. Them. You appreciate exactly. life and wanting to live it to the fullest. Right? Yeah. Live it today. Everybody, everybody out here's the today's challenge. Go do something you're scared, you know, go, go <laughs> whatever it is, go, go call that friend that you you've lost touch with or go jump out of an airplane and, uh, or, or just go, go do whatever, whatever it is, you know, like, like let's, let's, let's live for today. Let's and, live. Um, Absolutely. I was just saying that to my husband the other day, this whole fear around COVID is actually what is so sad about it is that people are now not living their best life. They're just so fearful. Yeah. And I said to him, yeah. you know, we're not coming out of life alive. 
we're all going. Yeah. It's just a question uh-huh. of when and how. So Jesus, can they yeah. stop ruining our life? Like, I want to enjoy <laughs> my life while I'm here. I don't want to yes, live under yes. this, this cloak of fear or this muzzle of fear all the time. So, yeah, exactly. we're, we're very much the same as you. Just like, Jesus, live for the day. Don't worry about anything. To appreciate your health. Try and do everything, mm-hmm. obviously, to maintain it. But enjoy your life. Yeah. yeah that's, and that's I'm so glad you're able to enjoy your life again. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, thank you so much. And thanks for having me today. I'm really happy to be able to, you know, share my story with, with you and your friends. And, and I, I, hope it, I hope it helps some people. So I think it really will. Thank you. I think lots of mothers-to-be are now having a real think. And uh, yeah. hopefully we'll share this with our husbands. Okay. I will, I will just cut. We did good. Up. Well done. Yeah, we did good. Yeah, so, so yeah, that was fun. I was yeah. nervous at first. You saw me walk in circles. <laughs> yeah, and, but that's uh, normal. Yeah. That's normal. It was your first one, of course. No, that was really, really good. You see, it's, it's great when you just go with it, right? Just be impulsive and see where it takes yeah. you. But, so, yeah, yeah. And congratulations so to all the new moms out there. So I'll, I'll see you guys. And, and <laughs> please hit me up if you guys have any questions. More than okay. happy to help. I will put Ron's contact details down below so that you can find him. And um, yeah, like he said, if anyone wants to do a documentary with him, I think it would be absolutely awesome. Amazing. There are so many birthing documentaries, so we need something new. (laughs) Thank you, Ron. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Hey, beautiful mama. This is Chrissy again. If you want to find out more about me or on how we can work together, just head to my website, which is blissfulbirthing.com. And from there, you can scroll down the page and uh, you'll see the links to my other social media channels on there. And it would be great if you could follow me on there. And can I also ask you a massive favor? Could you rate and review this podcast? Because that way we can help reach more women like you who want to join a nurturing birthing sisterhood like this. And of course, feel free to share this with as many of your pregnant friends as possible. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Talk soon. (music) 